0: The jazz.
1: Stop them. Under three. Get it out!
0: The high schools.
2: Also's gonna take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the
1: 25. makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone.
0: If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it.
3: Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife
0: carrying. It's the full court press with Eric Franson. 1069 FM 1390 AM. The fan.
3: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here at the Full Court Press. How you doing on a Friday? Oh, doing good. Nice Weekend's Friday. here. Yeah, the weekend.
4: I, I gotta move, so like, I'm moving from one apartment to another place, so it's gonna be a, you know, it'll be an interesting weekend. Gotta move a lot. Gotta move a lot of heavy stuff. Oh,
3: that's so, always fun.
4: I uh, I have discovered now that I have way too many books. Because uh, I've been thinking, oh, I'll just have a few boxes because got, I've got two bookshelves. And they're actually too full. I have more books than those bookshelves can handle. And I was like, okay, I'll use a few books and I'll pack up both bookshelves. I think I'm six boxes in. Like, th- And the boxes are like those that um, paper comes in, those boxes. I've got about, s- I think, four of those boxes and then several other boxes. Wow. <laughs> so I'm, I'm six or seven boxes in. You're loading up, and I've still got an entire bookshelf. To-
3: you just got one more to go. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even. I'm oh. not even done.
4: I don't know what I'm gonna do. And those boxes are going to be. Uh, if I come in and I don't have a spine, that'll be the reason why. We'll <laughs> come in all hunched, You're hunched over.
3: Hunched like, over. Uh, my books. <laughs> Good thing these mics can adjust. Yeah, I'll just have to lower all the way to the floor. I'll just lay on the floor. (laughs) Just roll you in on a cot. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to continue talking about Utah State football today. They had their media day yesterday. Uh, First official practice in the books today. It was earlier uh, this morning. Um, But uh, why don't we get more into – we had questions leading up to the start of, of football for Utah State but we we heard what some of the coaches and and players had to say. How many of those questions were answered or resolved? How many new questions uh, been posed after what was discussed? And uh, I think I had a few that were answered, but there were a few new ones that I hadn't even thought about that were uncovered. And I think that's that, that's not like something to be scared about. I, I think that's kind of common for any program when you go into it year to year. Uh, but um, as you've had a chance to hear what coach had to say, or what we were talking about yesterday, or if you've uh, hit the 106.9, the fan uh, website and seen all of the audio that we've posted there today from all of the interviews that we did yesterday, there, there's a lot to unpack there, but uh, are there any new questions or lingering ones that um, are still on your mind as we begin Utah State football with their official first official practice in the books today. Uh, and, and Jason, I think for me, one that um, really two that stood out to me. One was, uh, what is that? Who, who's the the vocal leader? What's the leadership like on defense? Because Henninger was a tremendous vocal leader. Shaq Bond was a tremendous vocal leader. They had great defensive leadership. Those guys are gone. So who is it now? And then Switzer was looking like a phenomenal player at linebacker replacing a phenomenal player who left in Justin Rice. It looked like there's not going to be much of a drop-off here. He's a great guy, a great athlete at that linebacker position and at the end of spring, goes down to injury, doesn't look like he's going to be available. So what does that do to the linebacker core overall? That's still a big question in my mind that I don't think got answered yesterday.
4: Yeah, that is. that was one of my questions. Is, is there anyone in the linebacking core who can make plays? Because we had those last year, at least the one. Justin Rice, um, You know, very versatile in what he did, just made plays all over the place, saved Utah State's bacon on defense, on numerous occasions where they couldn't stop anybody, then suddenly Justin Rice forces a turnover. Do they have anybody at linebacker who can make plays? And I don't like the answer that's in my head right now because it feels like the answer is no. And I don't think the coaches have provided an adequate response to that.
3: Yeah, well, uh, having a little bit of an issue with our audio... (laughs) machine we're working on the, uh, getting this rebooted here so we can get to what they did say because Blake Anderson kind of addressed it um, and then I had the chance to sit down with Coach Bonda and ask his point of view about it and both of them are, are searching for people to step up and to take that step um, and to fill a really kind of an interesting hole there now AJ Vongbachan is back I don't want to, by having this question, uh, cast aspersions on his ability because I think he is very talented. I'm excited for his growth and how he takes the next step. I- I'm intrigued by uh, MJ Tafisi and what he can do. But beyond those those two guys, what does it look like? And what's that depth even look like?
4: Yeah, we, we seem to have two competent starters. Guys, you're comfortable at least being there. But it's tricky to see if they're going to do anything that go beyond the call of duty. Uh, Vong Puchong was a guy who, when he came in in 2020, felt like he was going to really go places. Um, you know, in six games, he really produced. But this last year, he basically had, like, the exact same stat totals. I'm going to have to look these up. Um, that he did in 2020. Mind you, he played six games in 2020. Played 14. Yeah, so here's his stats from 2020. He had 50 total tackles, uh, 27 were solo, three and a half tackles for loss, three sacks. That was in six games. 14 games in 2021, he had 55 tackles, 18 solo, seven tackles for loss, two sacks. So for me, it felt like he came in as a sophomore in 2020 really stepped up in a way that a lot of other defenders on that 2020 team weren't. They were really struggling to tackle. Um, and AJ was really doing things really well. And then in 2021, I was hoping he would take that step up, be a, you know, kind of emulate David Woodward a little bit and be a tackling machine, be a, be a very sound tackler. But he just didn't produce in the way I was hoping to. Now, 55 tackles, seven tackles, for loss, and a pair of sacks is not bad. You know, it's good for a rotation level defender. You know, maybe one of your starters, a guy who plays a decent number of snaps, but it's not a playmaker. He's just another guy on the defense who pulls his weight. He's not going above and beyond the way that Henninger was doing
3: and the way that Rice was doing. Well, and how much of that was the fact that Metzenheimer was also in the mix there, Dustin Rice was in the mix there, and you had some great guys up front as well. And just there wasn't a lot for AJ to go above and beyond because there were some pretty amazing talents ahead of him, or at least in the same mix. And uh, so I wondered if this is that year where he has that ability to showcase a little bit more of his length and his athleticism because it it really is going to fall more on him to have to be that guy, whereas before he was one of several maybe kind of a step behind these other guys, not because anything bad about him, but because they were just so much better. Well, he was one of several in
4: 2020. But I do get your point where they, they brought in a couple more talented guys and maybe he was lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, so maybe this is the year he steps up, but I just worry that he kind of stalled off a little bit and isn't as good as I was hoping he would be. Like I said, I think he's solid. I think he's a competent starter. He's going to give Utah State, you know, he's going to pull his weight on defense. I can certainly be hopeful that he expands his game, but I'm not too confident that he's going to be much more than just, you know, a replacement-level starter.
3: Well, let's get to one of those questions about that um about that position specifically since we're talking about it and of course if you want to weigh in we'd love to hear from you on our full court press text line 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in um but uh, this was coach anderson um talking about some of the, the the questions that his team his coaching staff is facing specifically with defense and then we'll use this to to kind of move into specifically coach Bonda the defensive coordinator about his thoughts about how this is going to affect his defensive scheme potentially
5: defensively Justin Rice and Nick Heninger and Marcus Moore their productivity their leadership on a daily basis football IQ that they brought to the table we have again, again brought in some veteran transfer type players that can do that but they've got to go do it in game settings um that's that's asking a lot and we saw those guys step up in the spring and against us every day did some really really good things but how are they can look when UConn rolls in how are they can look at Tuscaloosa how they're going to look you know on the road for a conference game to me those are those are all very critical steps that have to have to show themselves fairly fairly early
3: yeah so th- those are some questions about Know, how, you know, what players really step in, either those who have been in the program or the transfers, um, but uh, it also just, you know, specifically see that linebacker position, uh, losing, losing a guy like Rice, and it, it was, it's going to happen. He's going to graduate, but he was really, really good, and, and Switzer losing him to injury, it's a major blow to a, to a defense that was. Uh, kind of expecting to have him available and uh, use that as an option.
4: Yeah, like I said, having a playmaker linebacker is a spectacular thing to have. Whether he's maybe an edge rushing linebacker or maybe a, an inside linebacker, sometimes a mix. Because Justin Rice was a bit of a mix of those things. Um, and I guess when you know a four-two-five defense, linebackers are just kind of everywhere. But. Yeah, I can say not having a playmaker is huge because then, you know, it comes back more to the system and everything has to work perfectly because when you have one good defender, then he creates problems and makes things easier for other players. You know, it's like the Aaron Donald. you know, when when he, he causes problems all over the interior offensive line, makes the job easier for everyone else, makes the job easier for the linebackers behind him, makes it easier for the other defensive tacklers, the edge rushers. So when you have these dominant defensive players, you know it's like having you know everything gravitates on them. The offense has to focus on him, and it makes things easier for everyone else. You know when when people on defense go above and beyond, it makes things easier. If you don't have those players, suddenly all eleven players have to do their job flawlessly, or things go wrong. So you know obviously you try and make sure everyone's doing their job anyway. But if one defensive end, you know, obliterates the entire side of the offensive line, then it doesn't matter as much that maybe the one linebacker took the wrong step, because then he can recover. Right. So, again, losing these playmakers is a huge deal. And, and Utah State lost some guys on the defensive line too. So you know, there's there's other guys they have to replace.
3: Yeah, um, a little bit more on that linebacker situation. Coach Anderson talked to uh, talked about it as linebacker by committee. Um, and then it may also kind of force the defensive scheme to adjust a little bit with the type of personnel that they use.
5: You know, that's, that's going to be a, a little bit of a position by committee early. So Switzer did tear his ACL in that in that game and had surgery uh, immediate following uh, spring ball. He, um, he is well on track and ahead of schedule physically. I would love to think we'll get him back at the end of the season for four games. That's a little bit, you know, that's a little bit um, being optimistic. And, and if we did lose him for the entire season, obviously he's going to benefit from in the in the long run. Uh, I think there's probably a, another key position of need that probably should have been in that defensive list. How do we fix that? Is it with a linebacker? Is it with a safety? Uh, is one or one of the young guys going to step up and step in? Uh, we did bring in uh, a transfer over the summer. And we're hoping that 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 will solidify, but he's not cleared yet to practice. So, I mean, to me, that is that's a position that on a daily basis you may see a different guy. And hopefully, by a scrimmage two, it has settled in, solidified, and we've kind of taken figured out what the approach is. It going to be a four five with a safety playing the position. Is it going to be a more a little bit more of a four three field with more of a linebacker playing that position? Are we going to sub personnel based off the people that we're playing? Until we have an every-down player, that position is, is way up in the air.
3: So that's that's pretty big. I, I, I guess part of it, too, is a bit of a surprise to me that one guy getting hurt is going to affect your entire defensive scheme, and how you adjust your entire lineup outside of the defensive line. So I, I guess I was a little bit more surprised at how thin that position was than I realized going into the fall camp.
4: Yeah, that must have been it because you don't adjust your scheme when one guy goes out. You adjust your scheme when you finally run out of guys. Um, and so that appears to have been the case that they were they were riding that line and they unfortunately had had to stick, take a step over it because now they're having to adjust their entire formation to account for the lack of linebackers. Um, but on, on the full-court press text line, uh, 5634, he asks, How long is Switzer out? which I think Anderson kind of answered that question uh, in, in in that audio clip where it seems like he's probably out for most, if not all, of the season. There's an outside chance that he's back. Um, he, I mean, he said he's hopefully can get him for like the last four games. I don't know if that's the last four games of the regular season, maybe including a bowl game. So, you know, maybe they can get him back for down the stretch and maybe he can be an impact player for late, but... And by then, it's really hard to work a guy like that in, and it's hard for him to, like... And especially because he's not going to be the same player um, that soon back.
3: So. Uh, yeah, I agree. And if it's that late, just just hold him. Take the medical redshirt year. Um, give him an, an, a chance to become fully healthy. Regain his entire strength.
4: If he plays less than four games, doesn't he get a redshirt anymore? Uh, yeah,
3: that's true. It doesn't. If you play less than four games, it doesn't count against your redshirt year. Um, but, well does he have a red shirt year that's what I don't know yeah i don't know if yeah if he doesn't have if a red it's shirt a medical year, then, red shirt that might be different than just your regular red shirt yeah. year
4: I never know how these work because they they keep changing <laughs> and everyone got like five extra years because of covid so yeah that's true but that's true yeah and to be honest the the linebacker by committee line kind of scared me but then he did say it was like early <laughs> so it feels like he's just they're just linebacker by committee until they figure out who's the guy
3: Right and he's, he clarified that by the second scrimmage of fall camp. They sh, they're hoping to get that figured out. Yeah, so I think they'll
4: have their again if it's a 425 then you know your your top two guys you know figure out and then have you know two other guys that you're going to rotate in and out um, or have for different formations. So, you know, you got your three or four linebackers that play for the most part, but maybe they're only going to have two consistent linebackers and maybe they bring in one of their safeties. It feels like they have more safeties. You know, maybe Gervin Hall steps in. He's more of a hard-hitting safety, so maybe they try and have him play as a kind of a pseudo linebacker. That's obviously not ideal. You want him to play safety because that's his position, but desperate times call for desperate measures, so...
3: Yeah, that's true, and in fact, that's something that uh, uh, Coach Ephraim Bonda, when I spoke to him, uh, we... we Discussed that I pointedly asked him about what that that situation is at linebacker and how that's going to potentially affect his entire defensive uh, lineup.
6: It is going to be a culmination of guys. It's going to be by committee. Um, we did bring in a really um, interesting prospect in o- Okiki Omari, which I didn't mention a second ago. He's a JC guy from Cerritos Junior College, who, who was a really good player for him. He had a foot injury. That a lot of people shied away from, but a lot, of, but he's a big time player that people are scared of in terms of the injury. We're hoping that by week two and week three he's full go. He is a Anthony Switzer, another type dude who can be big time and long and lanky and can run. Um, Kaleo Nevis will be you know part of that, and then really just seeing if we can get more to nickel type stuff if we need to in, in the ten personnel sets where guys try to spread you out, move a corner in there, move a safety. You know, we will tinker with more of that if we don't have a guy who can do it all. But I think it it will be by committee. I think it's just how camp goes, how Amari, you know, goes along, how Kaleo develops, to really see who we are. My job is simple: whatever the best players are, call the best defenses for it. Don't try to do it the opposite. Don't try to make things happen, you know, based off of what I think's best. Just I'm going to do what the players tell me to do, and whoever the best players are we'll do what's best for us in that, you know, in that world.
3: I love listening to Coach Bonda. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like he's he's making
4: the best of his situation. Um, like I said, maybe doing more nickel, uh, which in a pass-happy world may not be the worst uh, adjustment, you know, playing just a little extra nickel. Right. And, and um, with the
3: depth that they have at both safety and corner, not a bad situation to find yourself in. Yeah,
4: just as long as you gotta you got gotta get those corners to tackle, uh, because otherwise it's gonna be hard in the run game, and and that is a worry. You know, if you're short on linebackers, that does impact your run game, unless you're really killing it on the defensive line. Um, which that is kind of one of the other questions I had is, is Utah State going to, you know, be able to replace what they lost on the defensive line? I was looking at they lost their, you know they lost uh, Nick Haniger twenty and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks, Marcus Moore eleven tackles for loss. If you throw Rice in there, it's another thirteen and a half tackles for loss. It's forty five tackles for loss to replace, because their defensive line last year just absolutely wreaked havoc in the backfield. Yes, which makes the job easier for the linebackers. You know, and the de- it's it's almost like, you know, the offensive line to the running back. If the offensive line, you know, destroys the defensive line. I could go in there running back and do just fine. And in a similar way, if the defensive line wrecks shop, then the linebackers, all they do got is just clean up the mess. Um, granted, I'm terrible at tackling, so it doesn't matter what the defensive <laughs> line did. I wouldn't be able to tackle anybody. I was terrible at defense. So if they can you know, get things shored up on the defensive line, the linebacker problem won't be nearly as much of a problem. Because their job will be significantly easier. So that's one of the things I want to know is I have some confidence. I have more confidence in the defensive line than do the linebackers. So I have some confidence in the defensive line, but I'm still just not sure. There's some guys I like. There's some guys I think can maybe step up. But can they be as elite as the defensive line was at times last year? They struggled at some times, but other times, like San Diego State, absolutely obliterated them. Yeah. And then in some other games, they were just really good. So can they – you replicate that and be a little more consistent. Because if they are, a lot of the issues at linebacker go away.
3: Uh, we'll hear from one of those linebackers. We've already discussed him, AJ Vongpachon. Al Lewis caught up with him yesterday. We'll we'll hear from him just as he has an opportunity to play a larger role. Lessons learned from a year ago, and um, what this team kind of mentality is coming into a season where they're not going to catch teams by surprise. They're going to be more the hunted instead of being the hunter. Uh, But also not getting a lot of respect coming into the season. So we'll hear from AJ Vongbachan coming up. Also coming up here in just a few minutes, number 16 in our top 25 Aggies of 2022. Um, As we've been counting down and getting you ready for the start of the Aggie football season, who is number 16 on our list? And do you agree with uh, his placement? Uh, Do you think he should be rated higher or lower? Love to get your feedback on our full-court press text line, 435-339-0321. And questions you had going into camp, into the start of this football season, were some of those questions satisfactorily answered with uh, what you heard yesterday and things that we'll be playing today? Or are new questions being posed that you still need to get answers for? love to hear from you and get those questions from you. 435-339-0321. Zero three two one. So earlier today, uh, I was going to go check out this big deal going on out at Shriver's. and they blocked off the road, and you had to go around to the back to park. And there's just such a big event going on there as they are making the world's largest macaroni and cheese, and, uh, and it's still going on. So if you haven't gotten there yet, they'll still be there until five. And just people everywhere, they've got tents, they've got booths, they've got people with water and ice cream if you're standing in the sun. But they've made this huge thing of macaroni and cheese. They need you to help them eat it. Uh, But besides that, if you can't get there or fight the crowds, you can also help Schreiber's celebrate 50 years in Cache Valley by donating birthday cake mix to the food pantry. It's one of the big items that uh, that they need that they don't get often enough. So uh, you can drop it off at, uh, at the Food Pantry, or you can also make donations at Lee's Marketplace or Sam's Club this week to help uh, Schreiber Foods celebrate 50 years in Cache Valley.
0: Are you a good listener? Has anyone ever accused you of being a problem solver? Someone who likes to help others have success? If so, the Cache Valley Media Group would like to talk to you. Have you ever posted something on social media that had all your friends and family laughing? <laughs> Have you ever fought off a bear? If so, let's talk. Not necessarily about bears. We just think it would be a cool story. Here at the Cash Valley Media Group, we have a ton of fun helping businesses grow, and we could use some more help. So if you or someone you know has marketing and advertising experience, or any of the
2: previously mentioned skills, please send your resume to sales at cvradio.com. That's sales at cvradio.com or drop it off at our office Monday
0: through Friday between 8 and 5. The Cash Valley Media Group is an equal opportunity employer and scared of bears. <laughs>
2: For the second year in a row, Advanced Heating and AC is honored to be named Gold Medalist for Best of Northern Utah in the AC and HVAC category. They thank you for your support and vote of confidence in their company. You have many choices. When it comes to your home's heating and air conditioning system, make sure you choose the gold medal winning company, Advanced Heating and AC. Call 752-7272 or stop by their showroom west of DI online at advancedheating-ac.com.
1: I'm here with Mark Anderson from Anderson Seed and Garden. Mark, can you tell us a little about your experience with ChemDry of Northern Utah? You know, our carpets
6: get really dirty at Anderson Seed and Garden, and we clean every January. Our timing is is kind of difficult. I called Daryl, and he was amazing to work around our schedule. They came in and cleaned our carpets. They looked like brand new when they were all done, and uh, they've just been amazing to work with. Of
0: Utah. 7526100 How many years has it been since you were married? One year? Ten years? Longer? This is Jerick from Jerick's Fine Jewelry. No matter how many years it's been, you always remember just how you felt. Show her you love her all over again with something special from Jerick's. We can help you surprise her or bring her in and you can pick it out together. Maybe it's restyling the old ring or upgrading to a larger diamond that she just may have hinted about. No matter how many years it's been, let us help make it special on your anniversary.
7: Jerick's
0: Fine Jewelry Make it special, make it jealous.
4: With rising gas prices, there's never been a better time than now to go electric.
0: Come to Murdoch Volkswagen and see what all the hype is about when you test drive the new 2022 ID4. With a range of just under 300 miles, the ID4 has all the latest technology, including the digital dash, remote access, adaptive cruise, and blind
7: spot monitoring. Come in and take a test drive and reserve your brand new electric ID for today. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Volkswagen and Logan or online at
1: MurdochVW.com. Call 866-628-3065 or see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 731-22.
0: The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball Team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio. The Fan.
3: Holidays, back to school, whatever it is, it's always stressful. I know you're worried about your back to school shopping now, <laughs> but don't forget your car. Valvoline and Oil Change across from Angie's will get you in and out quickly and get your car taken care of as uh, summer vacations are starting to come to a close and people are starting to shift to uh, back to school stuff. So, don't make sure your vehicle's operating optimally especially if you're sending your kid off to college or they're starting to drive their own, make sure it runs properly. Um, So we've been talking about some of the questions that we had going into uh, fall camp for USU. Based on some things that were said or discussed, new questions have cropped up, uh, and we'll get to those and continue to get your reactions to them as well. If you have any that we haven't discussed, love to hear from you. 435-339-0321 on our full court press text line. But before we do that, we're continuing our coverage of top 25 Aggies of the 2022 football season. And today we introduce number 16, courtesy of Voice of the Aggies, Al Lewis.
2: Number 16 on our Cash Valley Media Group's list of the top 25 Aggie football players, Stephen Constantly, the Aggies' punter, out of Melbourne, Australia. He has basically been Utah State's punter now the last three years. Had a terrific year last year, kicking inside the 20, 19 of his 53 kicks. Always seems to kick in great spots to negate returns against Utah State. He averaged more than 42 yards a kick in the kicks last year, compared to 40 that he had his first year at Utah State an Australian rules football guy for most of his life. He eventually got into that academy in Melbourne that teaches Australians how to punt an American football with the hopes of earning a scholarship. And a number of Australians have come here, and he has come to Utah State and done a great job as the Aggies punter out of Melbourne, Australia and Box Hill High School. So, he'll be a big weapon this year and one of the tops in the conference, number 63. Stephen Constantly is number 16 on our list.
3: I love talking to Stephen constantly. and Maybe just because of the accent. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But he's a good dude, and he's a fun interview, and he's a good punter. Uh, Probably one of the the most impactful plays that perhaps he's most remembered for is the punt that almost uh, didn't happen, and he was able to smartly see somebody was coming at him, pulled it back, and then shifted and still punched it away avoided uh, getting it blocked yeah he's a smart player and he's
4: he's very good at his job he's not this traditional punter that just bombs it down the field he doesn't have a giant leg but he's a technical punter he he does his job very well uh, he only had two touchbacks out of I think 53-ish punts give or take uh, which is a tremendous rate um Able to get him inside the twenty a lot. He's he's able to control his punts and work with his coverage team. Because obviously, that's a huge thing. Is you know you got to work with your coverage team to make sure you're putting it in the right spot so they can get there. And so he does his job very well. Uh, doesn't have the flashy you know yards per punt stat. He's not really high up on those. Like I said, he does his job and he does it
3: well, which is what you need. Right, and and I think that um, when I spoke to him last year, he talked about. Punting similar to way uh, the way he approaches punting similar to how a a a golfer might approach wherever he is at on the golf course if uh, whether he needs to use a driver or a wedge or an iron and he has those that type of skill set in his mind about how he approaches where he is on the field and where he wants to place the ball and so he's uh, developed that training and uh, and that skill set that. I'm excited to see how he continues to improve. Um, it, kind of interesting that a, a punter is not quite in your top fifteen, but he's close uh, one of the, your most impactful guys on the team because they can play a really big role in flipping the field and helping uh, a defense out yeah, flipping the field and maybe if your drive
4: stalls out around the fifty yard line if you can pin them inside the ten, you know you're you're setting up you know you're really hurting the other offense because you have to change the way you call plays when you get inside your own 10-yard line. When you're in the shadow of your own goalpost, post, it's hard to be as aggressive. And, you know, the defense gets really excited, and they start playing more They, because you know, they're smelling a safety. And so, you know, you know, having a punter like that is a good thing. And I remember a few years ago, Boise State game was um, 2019, I think. or No, maybe it was 2018. I, I think it was 2018 because Utah State was at Boise State. And I remember there just being several awful punts that, like, I'm surprised to say that I felt like a bad punting game lost the game for Utah State. It's possible. Now, there were other problems, but, like, it was just, and it wasn't so much getting a punt blocked or mishandling the snap, because obviously those are punter blunders that really lose you games. It was just bad punts. He just you know, barely made it past the line of scrimmage or to the first down mark or whatnot, just these awful punts that he just shanks off his leg. It's like, yeah, I'm surprised to say that we're losing this game because of a punter's bad kicks. (laughs) I I don't get to say that very often. I got to say that a punter won a game or played a big role in winning a game when the Patriots uh, beat the Texans a few years back with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Um. But it's almost weirder to say that the punter lost the game because he just couldn't kick the ball.
3: He, the punter position is one of those that uh, you hope you never see. You hope you never see the punter on the field, which is an interesting position to be on a player. You're a scholarship player. Sometimes not always a, a punter, uh, scholarship is given to a punter. But you're a player on the field. You're part of the roster. And you're the guy that people don't want to see. Like You shouldn't be seeing the field. But if you do, you make sure you do it right and you perform your job at a high level. And I feel like Stephen Cottson does that. And the other thing, too, that, that I like to point out about him is he's not slight of build. And he's bulked up even more than he was. He's he's a tough guy. Is like so Connor coverage, Coles? you don't want to mess with the punter.
4: It's like Connor Coles is all rocking 215 pounds, apparently. <laughs> That's the way when I looked at his... I think I think Al said it on there. I, I like raised my eyebrows. I was like, wait a minute, he weighs how much? <laughs> yes. Normally, you think of kickers as these five foot eight, hundred and thirty pounds, soaking wet guys that somehow manage to kick a ball really far. That's some bulky guys <laughs> that kicker on this
3: team. He's a big dude. Uh, yeah. So I, I like talking to Stephen. Uh, he's a great personality, but he's a good player too, and uh, I, I think he deserves the position that he landed on and our Cash Valley Media Group Top 25 Aggies of the 2022 football season. But do you agree? Uh, should he be higher or lower on our list? Love to hear from you, 435-339-0321. Uh, another time out, you in the full court press. Uh, we'll hear from A.J. Vong Pachon As we've been talking about the linebacker position and the defense overall for Utah State, we'll hear from him. Al Lewis got a chance to sit down with him one-on-one and get his thoughts about this upcoming season and uh, trying to repeat as uh, Mountain West Conference champions. But before we do that, in about three and a half minutes, uh, Grantham Mobile Automotive repair on the go and ready to get your car back operational again. Uh, Whether that's your AC has gone out or for some reason it just isn't moving or not operating properly, Grantham Mobile Automotive will come to you where you are to help get you back up and running. Just give them a call at 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345.
0: Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence in a beautiful new office complex at 2245 North 400 East North Logan, just south of the Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throw is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted.
1: With
3: inflation at record highs, why buy new if you can repair your current machine? Daryl's Appliances factory-trained technicians spend hundreds of hours in training each year to ensure your appliance is repaired right the first time. You can have peace of mind. They offer no-risk service, meaning if you want to purchase new instead of repair, you can apply up to $95 service call towards an appliance purchase. See store for details. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays, 5 on Saturday.
2: 505151. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove 752 7272. Online, Advanced Fireplace and Stove.
0: The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.
3: Mountain West Motor. They've got every truck and SUV that's unique on their lot. It's been customized, so you'll be ready for your next adventure. Plus, you'll be equipped with all the right gear. Traction boards, rooftop tents, racks, outdoor jacks, and a whole lot more. Go check them out at uh, 615 North Main Mountain West Motor or visit MWMotor.com. A lot of discussion today about questions about the defense, uh, specifically at the linebacker position. And um, A.J. Bongachon is somebody who's been in the system. He's one of the development guys that we've talked about. There's uh, some newcomers, transfer MJ Tafisi, who's going to be in there. Um, Blake Anderson uh, and um, uh, uh, Ephraim Banda talked about the, the some junior college uh, players that were added in the summer. Some younger players, hopefully seeing them move up and take a, a larger role. But Al Lewis got a chance to sit down with A.J. himself to talk about his role, his growth, and this Utah State defense coming into this twenty twenty two football season.
2: AJ Von Pachong. Um coming to Utah State, did you I mean, did you really think in high school that this was an opportunity or how did this opportunity come for you to come to Utah State?
7: Uh yeah, I mean I wasn't super heavily recruited at of high school, so it was kinda I wouldn't say last minute, but it was kinda you know, kinda senior year later offers, you know, it's always something I wanted to do out of high school, you know, play at the next level. But um, you know, I was very fortunate to get this opportunity kinda I think, midway through my senior year, maybe even before, a little bit before, but, you know, I've been, been made the choice to come here, and, uh, you know, I'm glad I, I did it. How big was the win against Washington State for you last year? <laughs> yeah, no, it was huge. I mean, that was one of the places that I really did want to go to out of high school, you know, just because it was so close to home. So, But, uh, you know, I saw it on the schedule and was, you know, fired up to play them. You know, be, to be able to get that win there with all my family there was uh, was huge. Yeah, I obviously was. And this to have the year, you're
2: one of the guys who had to go through the COVID year and some of the other stuff before to have the kind of year last year. What's that like?
7: I mean, it's great. I mean, it makes you appreciate, you know, that, you know, entire season a whole much, lot more, you know, coming from that COVID season, which, you know, there was a lot of other things going on there too, with, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of played into the, how our season went. But, you know, it, was, it felt amazing, you know, just, you know, and a lot of the guys from that season, those seasons were, are still on the team. So, you know, we're really you know, appreciative and know know what it takes to get to that, um, you know, to have a season like we did last year. Because there was a big turnover in, obviously,
2: coaching and in players. And, you know, you look at the roster this year, A.J., and it's kind of still quite a few new guys into this program this year. You meshed it last year. What does it take to do that?
7: Yeah, I mean, it takes those guys to buy in, and I think those guys have done a really good job of buying in, especially the guys that are coming in and stepping into kind of those bigger roles. I mean – Those guys uh, obviously have a chip on their shoulders coming from, you know, other places. And uh, I think they've done done a really good job of just uh, buying into what we got here.
2: Speaking of buying in and a new guy, your linebacker, another guy with you. Here's a Utah guy who went to Washington to play, and now he's coming back here. You're from Washington (laughs) playing here. Now you might play alongside him.
7: Right. No, he's done a great job. MJ, I mean... From day one, you know, just put his head down and worked. And then, uh, you know, even going into spring, picked up picked up the um, the defensive scheme really well. And uh, you know, I think he's come a long ways, and I can't can't wait to see what he does um, this fall camp. Because I mean, hey, Justin Rice is
2: going to be hard to replace. This is a guy who, what is it? The coach said it's like a coach on the field all the time. The way he played football. Yeah.
7: No, I mean it's, it's huge. I mean, I learned a significant amount from Justin just from being able to play alongside him for one year. And, uh, you know, I think just as a room, you know, collectively, we're a lot younger than we were last year. And I think if we just, you know, continue to work, especially, you know, this fall camp is huge for us, um, you know, and continue to get better, we'll be we'll be just fine. Give us a little rundown on other players at that spot. Yeah, I mean, we got we got, like I said, a super young room come from last year uh, with Kevin, Justin leaving. So, I mean, it's me. It'll be me, um, you know, MJ, who's here in the spring. And then uh, also Sione, who is uh, stepping up really well, coming from last year, kind of redshirted. And uh, this spring made a huge jump um, in the playbook and just kind of being super um, consistent throughout the whole playbook. But then we've got a couple couple younger guys just in the room, uh, still learning. uh, Max, Josh, um, you know, even Bronson, you know, so collectively we've got a a young group, but, you know, I know we're ready to get after and those guys are ready to learn.
2: A.J., Von Pechonk, what do you have to do to be a better football player for the Aggies?
7: Yeah, I mean, just going into fall camp, you know, my, my main goal is uh, be more attention to the smaller things, you know, the, the little things to um, improve my game and, you know, kind of just don't get too comfortable out there, continue to get better. And, um, you know, I think if I'm able to be able to consistently day by day get better at, my, at the little things, you know, my craft, I'll be just fine.
2: I mean, last year, I think all of us throughout the season, we kind of were impressed with how the offense can make big plays and win a game at the end. And and you guys made some stands, mm-hmm. but defense really stood up in those last couple of games. Uh, you you've got a little bit now to play for to to be that kind of defense, all of you guys this year, like you were at the end of last year.
7: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, going looking back, you know, those last the final stretch of those last games, you know, we really, you know. It was more of a mentality, you know, especially in the run game, to stop that run game. And, you know, that's going to be a huge emphasis early on, um, just to continue that mindset and uh, to, you know, limit those runs, those large explosive plays. And, um, you know, if, if this group, you know, continues with that mindset, you know, I think we'll be, I think we'll be good.
2: Can you in any way explain to us who are not on the field the difference in football now where you played even in high school to what it's like in college football and the intensity and the physicality and all that what can you explain that to us
7: yeah I mean it it was a you know I I can still remember how big (laughs) of a jump it was for me from uh, high school to here you know I came came in as a defensive end so I wasn't Mm -hmm. even playing linebacker so just that alone making that transition uh, was huge just the game was a lot faster things are moving a lot quicker Uh, you got to process things uh, so I, I think the biggest thing I would say to be able to explain is the game. The game is played in your mind uh, more so less less than you know physically. You know, so I think that was the biggest thing that I that I always took was that um, that big the jump from high school to college was always a a mental barrier more so than a than a physical one if that makes sense. But you know, obviously, the guys are a lot stronger, a lot faster. You know, you do understand that, and but I mean, it's definitely a bigger jump. But um, you know. I love the game so it makes it easier
2: or uh, do you feel that you have to be maybe more of a stand-up leader type guy for this defense because you have had a little more experience than some of the other guys
7: yeah you know i'm trying to that's what something i've been working on even uh, after last season going into you know winter spring and then even through the summer leading up to now As something that i've tried to focus on just being more vocal you know i've always always felt like i was a lead by example guy but Especially, you know, as I, you know, progress and get older, as something I want to do is just be more vocal, help the younger guys out, and just overall help the defense out. Okay.
2: And uh, schedule-wise, to be honest, schedule's probably even harder than last year when you had the good year. The team should beat you, know, Logan, you got to play them on the road, and then you, you know, I mean, Alabama, and uh, you start to exchange some of those other games, and it's a harder schedule, probably. Yeah.
7: No, it's a harder schedule, but you know, at the same time. I know our mentality as a team is the same, just an underdog mentality. Coming with the you know preseason stuff, I'm sure you've seen the preseason mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so you know nothing's changed from a from a mental standpoint within the team. You know we just got to work that much harder though, because we're going to get everyone's best, and we know that. So as long as we continue to progress, take it week by week, you know I think we'll be okay. Well, I know
2: it came together last year, and I've seen a lot of years of Aggie football, and I haven't seen a year like that. And it it's special when it happens, and let's hope it can happen again.
7: Yeah, no, hundred percent, and. Like I said, you know, as long as we don't get ahead of ourselves, you know, and just take it week by week and, you know, progress through fall camp, you know, I think we'll we'll set ourselves just fine. Okay. A.J., nice to talk to you. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. Thank you.
3: Here you have it. A.J. Vong Pachan, linebacker for Utah State, uh, coming into – is he he, going to be a senior? I think so.
4: It's tricky to know because – I already
3: forgot. (laughs) Love that when I do that. (laughs) um but anyway the the point is here's a guy that's been in the system for a little while and has uh i think that he has grown and has that opportunity to be one of those linebackers who can press up and sometimes be an edge rusher and just with his length and his size has that ability to play that kind of a role
4: well, he, you know, he was part of that you know, defense last year where they really tried to get up the field and get into the backfield. They were aggressive in that. Um, I mean, he had seven tackles for loss, uh, which is a lot more than he had uh, in 2020. Granted, he played like twice as many games. But still, like, there's a chance for him to be a leader on this team. You know, with some of the holes that are there at linebacker, we've, we've talked about extensively where he's kind of the only guy left from last year in terms of linebacker. So And there's there's going to be some transfers coming in. So he's going to be that guy in the front seven. Him and, and Holley um, on the defensive line are probably going to be the two leaders of this team in the front seven. And so if they can step up and are able to do the things, you know, Justin Rice and Nick Henniger did last year, then things might be okay.
3: Uh, he is a senior. Yeah. So Last year was his junior year. Yeah,
4: well, I, say I, I managed to go back and look, and it said he was a junior, but I didn't really want to say anything because I was like, does he get another junior year? Like, <laughs> what is this mess? Like, again, it's going to take five years for me to finally be able to tell you what year somebody is again. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I don't know. And there's going to be guys who transfer 17 times. So it's like, yeah, you know, there's going to be somebody in 2027 who. Went into 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 <laughs> school
3: like in twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh four three five three three nine zero three two one if you want to chime in in your thoughts about the linebacker position of the Utah State defense as a whole. We really haven't addressed the questions on offense. We'll get to that on another day. Um, but uh, definitely a defensive focus on the show today. Uh four three five three three nine zero three two one if you want to chime in with any additional questions on that. Another time out here in the full court press. Before we do that, though, just a reminder about the Napa Auto Parts bucket sale that's going on. So you buy a five-gallon bucket for $5.49, and you get 20% off three or more items that can fit in the bucket. So there are a few exclusions that do apply, but they've got a lot of great deals going on already. It's seafoam fuel treatment, $8.49 a can. Uh, hard to find diesel oils from Shell, Chevron, Valvoline, Amsoil, and, and Schaefer's are all in stock. They got their five locations between Preston and Providence. Go check them out at Napa Auto Parts. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally. Now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member
1: FDIC. SC Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. People from St. George to Rexburg drive to Logan to shop Utah's oldest jewelry store. And one major reason is
3: price. When diamonds are compared up and down the Wasatch Front, SC Needham's is as low or lower than any
1: store in the state. We compete with any 50 to 70% off sales, student discounts, or so called wholesale prices. So when it's time for an engagement ring, come to the store where Utah gets engaged.
3: Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.E. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock.
2: Hi, this is Ashley with LSS Insurance. Confused about what Medicare benefits you're eligible for? Need help understanding your Medicare Advantage coverage? It can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let us help call 752-9493. We have the experience and knowledge to help you feel comfortable and get the most out of Medicare. There's never a cost to work with us. Let us be your advocate. Learn more at lssins.com or call 752-9493.
3: Don't get caught without power to your home or business. This is Tyler with Golden Spike Electric. We offer Generac backup generators to keep your home or business warm, avoiding frozen pipes, loss of valuable food, or even a flooded basement. Golden Spike Electric is certified and factory trained, so you know it will be installed right and properly maintained. Contact Golden Spike Electric so you'll never be without power again. Online at gsegenerators.com. We also service other brands. Golden Spike Electric and Generac. Power you can count on.
0: Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's A.C. running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson,
3: Jason Walker. Uh, Last two minutes of the show here, and um, earlier this afternoon, Jason, Sham Sharania with The Athletic, also shared by Tony Jones, Uh, report that uh, right now the Jazz are, well, the the trade talks between the Jazz and the Knicks have stalled out, as Sham Sharania put it earlier today, and uh, Tony Jones saying Jazz exploring other trade options.
4: This feels like the second time this has happened. I feel like this came out like two or three weeks ago where things stalled out and the Jazz were looking for other options. So it seems like the Jazz keep like, leaving and coming back, trying to get the Knicks to buy in, and maybe the Knicks aren't budging. They may not budge the entire offseason. It's going to take until somebody's desperate for Danny Ainge to get what he wants. That's what he got out of Rudy Gobert. Somebody was desperate for him. He got what he wanted. And it's going to take the same thing, which may take time.
3: I don't fault Danny Ainge or Justin Zanuck or anybody else in that jazz organization saying, if you want Donovan Mitchell, it's a steep price to pay. And... We like Donovan Mitchell. We'd like to keep Donovan Mitchell. But if you want him, you can have him. But you're going to have to pay a lot to get him. Yeah, that's the thing. When you trade a superstar
4: and you're getting picks back, it's like, well, what are the odds that that pick is going to be a superstar? They're not very good. So you really have to pony up and give somebody as many swings as possible to replace what they're giving up. You can't just say, oh, it's... Two or three first-round picks, that's enough. It's like, no, because superstars, you know, you don't hit one in three draft picks as a superstar. That doesn't happen. So you got to give a lot more swings, you know, four, five, six. (laughs) Like, it's got to be worth it. you got to make the Jazz confident they'll be able to replace Donovan Mitchell with whatever you're giving them.
3: Yeah, very true. So uh, the Jazz just just stalling it out, hoping to uh, put more pressure on the Knicks. Or just, you know what, we'll just see what else is out there.
1: We'll see. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. A little over a week ago, it looked like the asking price for Juan Soto would be too rich for any team outside baseball's elite. To land Soto, the Nationals have reportedly requested up to five impact prospects and draft compensation. But the commitments don't end there. The 23-year-old superstars looking to secure a record-breaking extension, maybe a half a billion dollars. How many teams can afford that? But yesterday, Buster Oni of ESPN reported executives around the league believe the Padre. Are the front runners to land the young star. Padres have struggled at the plate this year. The team ranks 17th in batting average, 26th in home runs. Soto can help elevate those concerns in five seasons in Washington. His average is just a little bit below 300, and he would bring much needed power to the Padres lineup. As of right now, it's just a rumor, but if the Padres decide to pull the trigger on a deal, that addition could make San Diego a dangerous force to be reckoned with in October. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.